That's enough of that. So, as you can tell from the ceremonial playing of Old Lang Syne, it is New Year. Well, not really. I am recording this on January 2nd, but yes, the new year has been rung in. It is 2023. This is the first podcast episode of 2023. Being the relatively antisocial, reclusive person that I am, the only thing that I did for New Year's Eve this year was sit at home by myself watching the Ohio State Buckeyes lose the college football playoff semifinal game by one friggin' point. While it was very disappointing, it was also an awesome game, and I'm super proud of that team. So, you know, it is what it is. It's just a game. I'm going to move on with my life. I don't let that type of shit ruin my day, my week, or my year. Especially when the year literally just started. Also, since I last released an episode or even recorded one of the podcast, we have had Christmas, and I want to tell you, here in Ohio, oh shit, we had some pretty horrible weather. There was that big storm that came through pretty much the entire United States, or most of it, and on the Friday before Christmas, so Christmas Eve Eve, the stuff pretty much rolled in overnight, and it wasn't so much like just a ton of snow, it was the fact that we had this flash freeze of rain prior to the snow, so it was snow on top of ice. Not to mention the fact that we had winds around 25 miles an hour with gusts up to like 50 miles an hour. With the wind chill, the temperature outside was around negative 31 degrees. But despite the weather, my kids braved the roads because we had made plans to have our Christmas visit on that Friday. That would have been December 23rd, as I've mentioned. I will tell you that after they left, I summarily took down the Christmas tree. So yes, I had my Christmas tree down the day before Christmas Eve. Bah humbug. I don't care. No one else was going to be over here. I wasn't going to see anyone else. Having the tree up meant nothing. You're a monster, Mr. Grinch. Your heart's an empty hole. So just to reiterate that I am recording this on January 2nd, and I left the school around 8 o'clock, and I was rushing home because the Bengals were playing the Bills on Monday Night Football tonight, and I was excited for that game. And I'm like, well, I want to record the podcast. Maybe I'll hit record on the Bengals game, and then I'll record the podcast, and then I'll go back and kind of fast forward through the commercials and catch up. But about five minutes after I got home while I was fixing something to eat, I had the game flipped on in the background, one of the players for the Bills, Damar Hamlin, as I'm sure many of you have heard about at this point, I mean, when this comes out, hopefully we'll have some positive updates, but he was tackling one of the Bengals players and looked to me like he took a helmet to the chest. He stood up immediately after the play, but then just completely collapsed, like just limp. Then an ambulance came out on the field, which is unprecedented. They had to give him CPR. He was taken off to the hospital in critical condition. The game was postponed, despite the fact that the NFL took maybe a little too long to do that. It was clear these players on both sides of the field, after what they had just witnessed, were not going to be capable of moving forward in a game and having any focus. So instead of hitting record on the game after I ate, now I'm like glued to the screen trying to figure out what's going on. Here it is, 11.30. The game should be over at this point, but there's still not really any update. We just know that DeMar Hamlin is at a Cincinnati hospital in critical condition. From what I know and seen online. He's been intubated so again, I am hoping by the time this comes out that we have much better news for DeMar Hamlin. But I will say that watching the coaches from each team interact with each other, watching the players from each team interact with each other on the field while this was all going down, it was a very touching special moment because you got to see that you know what, the game was completely irrelevant. This was all about the health and the life of this player who was only 24 years old. I don't know why I said was only 24 years old. Is, let's hope 
Lopez is only 24 years old. But yeah, that has postponed me recording this podcast. Now, I contemplated maybe I'll wait and just do it later in the week, but that just means that's the later I get to release it. So I'm just going to go ahead and record this now. I do have the TV on in my studio off to the side. I can't really see it while I'm talking, which is good. It's not a huge distraction, but I'm able to glance over occasionally and see if there's any kind of update to DeMar Hamlin's health. So before we get started on this episode, I do want to point out that I have made the official decision that I'm going to make the return to stand-up comedy. It's been about 20 years since the last time I did stand-up. I've done stand-up at two different times of my life. The first time being pretty much right after high school or at least a couple years after. And then again when I was in my late 20s. Now here I am in my late 40s and you know I've got a lot of good material that have been things that I've just spitballed on the podcast that afterwards I hear it and I'm like hey that could be a good bit. And even for the last year I've contemplated getting back into stand-up so I've been writing material and jokes from time to time. But I've made the decision I'm going to pull the trigger. There's some open mics locally that I have kind of researched and had some people give me some clues as to where open mic comedy still exists in central Ohio. So my guess is sometime by the first week of February, I will be making my hopefully triumphant return to stand up with a very short five minute open mic set. Now, you know, it's not me choosing five minutes. I probably have about 45 minutes of material to try out. I'm sure a lot of that would fall flat on its face and I'd need to say I'm not doing that bit anymore. But with most open mic comedy nights, it's usually three to five minutes per comic, unless you have less comics that sign up that night, at which point maybe they might get upwards of 10 minutes each. I'm sure a lot of these newer comics, they don't even have 10 minutes of material. But I'm looking forward to that and I will keep everyone posted in addition to potentially posting some of my sets on social media. All that to say, feel free to go follow me on social media at Jeff Becomes Jeff, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram for updates on the podcast, podcast releases, updates on my comedy, and just anything else silly I feel like doing. So on to the topic for this podcast, the first podcast of 2023, Everything is Black and White. Now, while race will be discussed on this episode, don't be misled by the title because this is not simply about race or ethnicity. It's more about talking about all the different factions of our society that have been fragmented into two primary pieces by politicians, media and social media, the news, corporations, but essentially splitting society into two large groups. And this is something, you know, I've discussed here and there on the podcast, never dedicated an entire episode to it. But I do remember in a previous episode, I kind of compared this to the idea of the fact that, you know, we're all very different. We shouldn't accept the fact that we're just sitting in one bucket or another. We shouldn't let the politicians and the media and the corporations force us into one bucket or another. A bucket, figuratively speaking, of course, but it would be like going into a shoe store and there's only two styles of shoes to choose from. That's it. You either get shoe style A or shoe style B. I'm pretty sure the average American or anybody around the world would walk into that shoe store and be like, uh, this is bullshit. You need more choices because there's lots of different people with lots of different tastes. Yet for some reason, the majority of society is perfectly fine with just being placed into their little bucket and then being as loud as they can to try and insist that their bucket is the best. Now, of course, I'm going to focus on American society because that's what I know. But I want to point out that obviously the ideology behind what I'm about to discuss, it's a global problem. I mean, if you look at like Pakistan and Israel and their historically long battle over a piece of land, let's not forget it's a religious battle. Well, if you're both worshiping the same God and battling over the same land, maybe you should just be godly and share it. Pretty sure most people learn that in kindergarten. But no, this has been going on for, I don't I don't know, I didn't research this, but I think it's like hundreds, if not thousands of years. Honestly, both sides really suck at war. So again, yes, there are going to be things that I discuss on this episode that I have discussed to an extent on other episodes, maybe even to a greater extent than what I'm going to do on this episode, but I'm kind of pulling some of those things in to better illustrate my point of how extensive this major problem of absolute division is in our society. So let's start to talk about some of the political divisiveness that happens within our society, not just even within our own politicians, because our politicians get us to get on their side and insist that we are supposed to, at this point, we're like to the point where we're supposed to hate everyone who doesn't agree with us. And they've created this somewhat civil, civil war. It feeds the rich while it 
But let's start with Roe v. Wade, which you don't hear anyone talking about anymore. Oh, it was a big hot button when everything changed with the court and Roe v. Wade was overturned. Oh, everyone was up in arms and they were going to, you know, starting a movement. We have to make change. We have to do something about this. Well, then all of a sudden something else happened. Maybe Kanye West made some tweet that was offensive and everyone's attention completely went away from Roe v. Wade. The other problem with our society is we don't actually invest ourselves in these things that we come across as being so invested in. But with Roe v. Wade, I mean, there's, again, it's very one side or the other. There's no middle ground. I mean, honestly, the fact that they want to give states the right to do that, that is the compromise. That is the middle ground. Right now, it's the left-wing liberals that they want everything to be pretty much no rules, abortion, whenever you want. But, you know, prior to it being overturned, I want to say it was like, you know, here was the rule. You could get an abortion up to five months of pregnancy. But a lot of people didn't think that was fair, so they pushed the issue. And guess what? They got fucked. Maybe if they hadn't been so greedy trying to get babies that were over five months in the womb to be abortable, I don't know if that's a word, but maybe this wouldn't have happened. You brought this on yourself. And I want to remind everybody, anything I discuss, liberal or conservative, Republican or Democrat, I think they all suck. They all have their own problems. But at times, there are some that are just, in my opinion, just in the wrong. Like a lot of liberal politicians will claim that a Republican senator would insist that a 12-year-old girl who was raped by her uncle has to have that baby. And not only are they okay with it, they're rooting for it. That's bullshit. We know that's not true. There's just a lot of people that are on the conservative Republican side that think that, you know, after a certain point, you've had your option, you had your opportunity to get an abortion for an accident, for rape, for a potential medical emergency in the birth, and you didn't take it. Now you have a life inside of you. Now it becomes kind of murder. But on the flip side, you're going to have a lot of Republicans or conservatives that are saying that all the people that are liberal or Democrat, they think that it's perfectly okay to abort a baby up until the day before the due date. That's not true either. They don't want to have babies aborted at eight months. But we had this compromise before with the laws surrounding Roe v. Wade, but both sides thought, no, we could take it a little further, and now we have what we have now, which it's been relegated to the states, which I agree with. The states should have all the power. If you don't like the state you live in and the laws they have, pack up and fucking move. But it's not just Roe v. Wade. I mean, everything in politics is 100% split down the middle. Yeah, you've got your independent factions, but they are irrelevant. Everything is either Republican or Democrat, red or blue, liberal or conservative. There's no middle ground. That's a common theme on this episode. There's no fucking middle ground, no compromise, no sense of understanding or discussion. That's a problem. And, you know, that small handful of independents that are elected in the federal government, and by small handful, I mean a few of them, they still have to vote red or blue, conservative or liberal, because the only things put in front of them to vote on were put in front of them by a overwhelming majority of either Republicans or Democrats. There's no way to vote independent once you get into that position. But that whole trickle-down factor that they have instilled in the American public of having that same feeling of divisiveness, it's gotten out of control. I mean, in recent years, primarily since Trump, probably goes back to Obama, but you have family members, close friends that just basically have cut ties with each other because of the way the other person voted in November. That is bullshit. We have freedom of speech and a right to vote. That allows you to be able to choose whoever you want on the ballot and without persecution from your peers. If you have ever broken off a connection with someone, let alone a close friend or a family member, simply because of the button they pushed in the voting booth, you are an un-American piece of shit. And my preference would be that you go find a whole new country to live in where intolerance of political freedom is embraced. Have fun there. If you don't want to move or get out of the country, then my other preference would be that you go play a game of dodgeball, but instead of balls, use traffic on a six-lane highway. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. But before moving on from the core subject of politics, let me point out a couple other actual topics that we know are 100% one way or the other, black or white, total separation from one side or the other. One way or another. We already discussed Roe v. Wade, but there's also you're either pro or anti-gun. You're either pro or anti-death penalty. Electricity shall now be passed through your body until you are dead in accordance with state law. God have mercy on your soul. Roll on two. 
You're either pro or anti-voting laws. Yes, I can't believe this is a problem right now, that we want to have voting laws to make sure that the people that are voting have been properly vetted to be registered and allowed to vote. What? I know that this is an issue because when I went to vote in November, that was the one issue in my community, or rather the state, to vote on outside of actual candidates was, would you like to have voting laws that make sure that people are who they say they are, they only vote once, once and they're allowed to vote and of course i said yes is there a button for duh the fact that there's anyone on the other side of that argument saying no baffles me and makes me really really sad about the state of american society but it's because the politicians have brainwashed you into feeling like you have to be on one side of the argument or the other and they'll give you reasons and bullshit as to why this side of the argument makes sense it's like debate club you know two people go up and they debate about things, a lot of times they're debating against something that they actually believe in. That's the whole point of the debate. And sometimes those people win. So don't think that there aren't manipulations happening just for the sake of creating and perpetuating that absolute left and right division. One way or another Not just amongst the politicians, that's easy. Amongst you, the American people. So also along the lines, kind of, of politics would be what we call fake news. Because of course, every side claims that the other side's news is fake news. We also have Elon Musk buying Twitter, which is creating an uproar from the liberals. Because Elon Musk is just determined to expose a lot of liberal shenanigans on Twitter. On a platform that isn't supposed to be regulated and driven towards an agenda. Oh my god, a media corporation? They drove something towards a specific political agenda? That happens all the time. Have you ever watched CNN or Fox News or MSNBC? These are all supposed to be credible free speech media outlets, but they are all 100% driven toward a political agenda for one side or the other. The phrase fair and balanced? Yeah, that's bullshit. Doesn't exist. Not on any channel. I know Fox News coins that phrase, but that's just their way of trying to sell you the turd that they're about to stuff down your throat. Now, I will say that it seems that there is a lot of proof coming out about Facebook and Twitter suppressing information regarding Hunter Biden, our current sitting president's son, and some things that might implicate Joe Biden himself. As a matter of fact, this isn't speculation. Mark Zuckerberg has come out and said that, yes, the FBI approached him and told him to suppress information through an algorithm on Facebook related to Hunter Biden's laptop right before the election. Those are shenanigans. But it's also because they know that they've already created this divided society, and no matter what shenanigans they pull, pretty much they're always going to have the backing of about 50% of the country. So it's never going to be like this overwhelming overthrowing of some regime or media outlet. Just not going to happen. They also know that through social media and your short attention span that pretty much anything they say, you're going to be just too lazy to challenge it or research it. So they can pretty much tell you anything they want. You said no. The lie detector test determined that was a lie. Alright, nothing follows a discussion about politics better than the delightful topic of religion. I'm not going to do a crazy deep dive on religion on this episode, primarily because, oddly enough, religion is something that offers more choices and freedoms with all the different religions and denominations of a variety of religions, so it's not quite as just A or B, one or zero, binary. However, regardless of what religion or lack thereof that you celebrate or participate in, it really all comes back to right or wrong, which is now, once again, A or B, one or zero, binary. In any religion that you might believe in, you also believe that anyone who's not in your religion will not go to heaven or Valhalla or wherever that religion says your spirit is rewarded for being a believer of that faith. Even worse, in Christianity, you have all these separate denominations and they all think, nay, they know that the other denominations are absolutely wrong. Despite the fact that they're all reading the same fucking book, worshiping the same God, and practicing 
practicing the same principles and ideals. And the excuse they give you as to why they're right and the other Christians are wrong is because they're interpreting the Bible improperly. Guess what? If the Bible was the word of God and indisputable, there should be zero interpretation. So that kind of throws up a little bit of a red flag about the legitimacy of the book and the religion. So now let's talk about technology because there is a major A or B binary split between technology. We live in a world right now where you're either an Android user or an Apple user. Now, granted, Android offers a lot more manufacturers to use their operating system, but it's still the same operating system. You're still an Android user or an Apple user, and they have gotten so big that there is no way in hell that any other company could come out with a new product and ever compete with them. If they did, they would be a small startup with a brand new idea, and either Android or Apple would buy out that company, absorb that technology into their own, and release it as their own. I could be wrong, but I would be willing to bet both of my testicles, my useless vasectomized testicles, that in my lifetime I will never see a third option for this type of platform, other than Apple or Android. The only way that would happen is if either one of those companies had to end in some kind of disgrace or fraud and shut their doors, file bankruptcy, whatever, but then they would just be absorbed by someone else and it's still going to be just the two companies. Honestly, the most realistic thing would be that overall one of these companies like Apple is going to eat and absorb all of the Android software and companies, and they're going to run both separately. If you think that sounds crazy, let's not forget the fact that, you know, right now you have like Taco Bell and Pizza Hut and all these other fast food restaurants that are owned by Pepsi. There was a time when these restaurants served Pepsi, but now Pepsi bought them. I could be getting this wrong. I didn't look this up. But my point being is that umbrella corporations absolutely exist. They look like choices to you, but they're not. Your, you know, Chipotle is part of that same family. But back to the Android versus Apple users. I mean, have you ever heard someone making fun of someone else because they're not an Apple user or an Android user? I have. I've made fun of other people. I mean, jokingly, not seriously. But it's like this ongoing joke to treat people like you are a lesser person because you're not using the right technology. Of course, all the Apple users swear by Apple. All the Android users swear by Android because that's all they know. Because these platforms platforms made it so difficult for us to ever leave and transfer all of our shit that is now completely invested into this one operating system that they have us for life. If I wanted to switch right now from Apple to Android, I would lose thousands of dollars probably in music, movies, TV, things that I've paid for through the Apple platform. Now, maybe I'm allowed to access that stuff through an Android device. I don't know. I've never looked into it, but they don't exactly give us that information because they don't want us to switch. It's a little fucked up and And it's, you know, something that we call in modern society a monopoly. Now, being an Apple user, I don't know about Android users, but as an Apple user, the device goes so far as to segregate Apple and Android users that I will get a text and immediately know if it's an Apple user or an Android user because it shows up as blue, Apple, or green, Android. I can also send a long video or audio file to an Apple user. Can't do that with a Android user. Matter of fact, the length of a video I can send to an Android user is ridiculously low. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Why can't I? I know the device on the other end is capable of handling this. I know my device is capable of sending it. They have put up this wall to create that division. That's a perfect example of the division that has been created that we have just come to accept and keep our mouths shut and be like, okay, that's fine. So really quick before tackling the very last segment of this episode, which is going to be difficult and maybe controversial, but it's going to be the literal interpretation of this title where we do talk about race, black, and white. But before I get there, let's talk about something as basic as grocery shopping. Yes, I want to continue to illustrate how much we've all gotten used to being a society of A or B, binary. I know different areas of the country have their own different grocery chains that are the main ones, like where my mom lives in South Carolina, Publix, or as my late stepdad used to say, pubics. 
but Publix is a very common grocery store there. Where I live in central Ohio, you pretty much have two options. That would be Kroger or Giant Eagle. And pretty much every major suburb area has both a Kroger and a Giant Eagle. Now, where I live, I only have a Kroger because I am in a more rural, rural area of the outskirts of central Ohio. But I'm sure there's going to be a Giant Eagle here sometime in the next five years. But even before I lived out here, I was a Kroger guy. So I'm glad that there's a Kroger in my area because that would have sucked. Why? Because I hate Giant Eagle. Why? Because, well, I've gotten used to, just like the rest of you, this absolute A or B binary mentality about everything. Honestly, I would only go to a Giant Eagle if it was an absolute necessity. If I had to drive 10 extra miles to go to a Kroger, I probably would. That's how loyal I have become to Kroger and the layout of their store. When I go into Giant Eagle, I'm like, where the fuck is this at? Where the fuck is that? Because it seems to me like they put everything in a completely non-logical order. Whereas Kroger seems to have a good flow to me. I can kind of assume where something would be. If I go into a Giant Eagle for one or two things, there goes an hour of my life. You know, taking it a step past grocery, you also have like the department stores as we know them now. Back in the day, a department store did not really have groceries in it. It was more like a Sears or something like that. But now you've got department stores that are pretty much everything. It's groceries, it's bicycles, it's lawnmowers, engagement rings. Everything is in that one big open warehouse type of space, which I guess would mean that it's really not by definition a department store because there's no departmentalizing of the store itself. It's all just open. You just go to a different section. But speaking of department stores, where I live, the two department stores you would go to would be either Target or Meyer. Yes, of course, Walmart is in the mix as well, but I see Walmart as being a place of absolute necessity if it is the only place open at that point in the day. If you're someone who chooses to go to Walmart because that's your preferred location, you are a weirdo. There are times and places and reasons to go to Walmart, but not to do your grocery shopping. All right, here we go. We are getting into it. It's getting real, people. We're getting into race, the issue of black versus white. Yes, I say versus because we're going to discuss a lot of shit that would indicate that there's a lot of not only division, but fighting still between the two races. Maybe it's not physical fighting. Sometimes it is, but it could be a fighting just simply between perspectives and ideologies. So let's start with Black Lives Matters. You either stood for this movement or you didn't. It was one or the other. You see in a pattern here. One way or another. But there were some people that tried to take a more big picture approach and say, I do agree that Black Lives Matters, but I also believe that every life matters. So they were the All Lives Matters people. And those All Lives Matters people, despite being inclusive of black lives in that statement, were looked upon as bigots and racists simply because it didn't follow follow the A or B pattern. God forbid you try and be all inclusive. We're really trying to single out a race and a group right now. But again, remember, there is no middle ground. There is no compromise. There is no understanding in this day and age. And then Black Lives Matters pretty much turned into an anti-police movement, which then, you know, resulted in rioting, destruction of property, theft, and all of that seemed to come with zero consequences. However, when there was a riot at the Capitol building a couple years ago, anyone and everyone who could be identified, were tried and imprisoned, and on a national stage while being charged publicly by the federal government, making examples of them. The fact is, technically, an American citizen has way more of a right to riot and raid a government building because we kind of own it. We're paying for it. You do not own the storefront window that you just smashed in on your local high street downtown. You don't own the four pair of Air Jordans that you just stole after entering the store through the window you just smashed. Where's the example being set of those people? In fact, as I have discussed on a recent episode, there was uproar on Twitter for people and celebrities that were filming and posting videos of the rioters because it was like, how dare you potentially incriminate fellow black people? Well, they're criminals. They're thieves. They're burning down the city. We don't need no water. Let the motherfucker burn. Burn, motherfucker.
Maybe that should be documented for the courts. But this would also explain why something like the Capitol riot only happened once and only at that building, only in that city. However, the Black Lives Matters riots, those have happened many, 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 many times. Again, with what seemingly is zero consequences, nothing that was ever publicly discussed if anyone was ever prosecuted. But this would be what you call a double standard, which by definition is binary, black and white, not black and white people, just black and white, one or the other. I hate double fucking standards. I have ended long relationships simply based on the fact of a double standard. All right, so we're going to wrap up this episode, even though this is going to be a long discussion, about a very sensitive topic. What are you about to do, Jeff? I'm about to maybe get myself removed from every podcast platform available. Don't do that. It's fine. But we're going to talk about the N-word. <laughs> Now, I'm going to be honest, I almost dedicated an entire episode to this one topic. That was what this next episode was supposed to be about, was just the N-word. But the more research I did, it was like, I was worried that it was going to come across a little too insensitive or racist, which I'm not. So I decided it would make more sense to include a discussion about the N-word with a topic that encompassed it. But that's not all we talked about. But first, let's talk about the fact that using a letter followed by... Finger quotes word is extremely childish in treating people like they're six years old. But that's what happens when people become so fragile that they can't hear a word in reference to the word, even though the word is not being used in a defamatory or harmful way. And the fact that we even allowed this to be a way that we refer to this as the N-word, it was probably one of the catalysts for our current PC culture. Because now all of a sudden we're just little kids, we're just like, I don't know what that word is, it's the N-word. I can say the N-word and that's perfectly fine, but if I say the actual word itself, that's not okay. Even though you know what someone means when they say the N-word, that's fucking stupid. And then all of a sudden we had the R-word, which for those of you who don't know what the R-word is, that would be retarded. We have the C word, which many women hate. That would be cunt. And in the movie Shaun of the Dead, an amazing, hilarious zombie movie that takes place in Britain, they take this a step further because they don't want to talk about their fellow citizens as zombies because that seems wrong. So they call it the Z word because over there they actually say Z instead of the letter Z. Any zombies out there? Don't say that. What? That. What? That. The dead word don't say it why not because it's ridiculous all right are there any out there though can't say any and let's not forget all the little one letters that we use for lgbtqzrjk86753093 plus and all of the people who are highly offended by being misrepresented or the use of the r word or the c word or improper use of the lgbtq plus they treat it as if it is equally as offensive as the n word despite the fact that the history of oppressiveness and usage of the word is not even remotely the same so as I'm sure many of my regular listeners know, I love an educational moment. I like to research things that I'm doing on my show, especially when it's a sensitive topic like this. So, of course, I'm going to research the N-word. And I will tell you that after doing a Google search for the history of the N-word, the first result was aaregistry.org. That would be the African American Registry. That was the first thing that came up. Just in case you're not sure what a registry is, it's just a fancy way to describe a place that keeps records. So I clicked the link and it's talking about the N-word and the N-word on this page was used five times in just two very short paragraphs and then 111 times more after that on the page slash article slash record whatever it was that I was reading. So by my count the N-word appeared 116 times on this page in its entirety not being referred to as the N-word just using the word. Now you might be like well it's the African American registry they're allowed to use the word. But let me point out some other words that they used on this same page referencing other ethnicities and religions. They use the terms kike, spick, wetback, chink, and jewbird. What? How is this allowed? Like if the American Jewish registry page used the n-word even once on its page, they would be lynched. How dare you use that word? Why is the African American registry allowed to use words that are defamatory and harmful to other people, but no one else is allowed to use their word. That's fucked up. That's bullshit. That is what is known as hypocrisy. 
So, I looked at result number two, which was a Wikipedia page. Of course, you would assume Wikipedia is going to be a little bit more sensitive, because it's not the African-American registry. We have to, you know, be a little more sensitive with how we handle this information. But this was the second link to my search for history of the N-word. And upon opening this page, I will tell you that the title in large font at the top of the page simply reads, Nigger. Yes, I said it there. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. I was just simply quoting something kind of like the way the African-American registry quoted all those other harmful terms that they aren't allowed to use. But on this Wikipedia page, it's not as sensitive as you would think. The N-word is displayed almost 100 times. And I'm not counting the variations that end with A or A-H like nigga. So well over 100 times, they actually don't say N-word. They just use the word. Why is there no outcry to have this page removed or have Wikipedia declared as a racist organization. They shouldn't be allowed to say that, Jeff. Not over a hundred times. And yes, that was sarcasm in that voice because yeah, they should be allowed to use it just like the African-American registry should be allowed to use other words in a historical or documenting perspective. We should be allowed to talk about other words in the context of talking about a word without people shitting their pants and going fucking crazy. So certainly you know, it's okay for both the African-American registry to use the words they did, and it's okay for this Wikipedia page to actually say the N-word and spell it out over a hundred times on this page because they're using it in a historical and non-inflammatory way. Sorry, that's not true, because in 2011, the Mark Twain book, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, was reprinted, replacing the N-word with the word slave. Let's point out that this book was written in 1885, and it chronicles a story about a boy and a slave having an adventure. The slave, Jim, was actually a very sympathetic character, a main character, a very likable character. He was not portrayed negatively in the book. Also, based on the time period of not only when the book was written, but when it was portrayed, the use of the N-word was pretty common. This is historically accurate. Why did we have to change this famous piece of literature just to make sure that people don't have to read something that hurts their feelings? It's fucking dumb. But let's talk about the double standard of Quentin Tarantino, a modern filmmaker who his last movie wasn't that long ago. I want to say it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Leo DiCaprio and and Brad Pitt. He uses the N-word all the time in his films. I've never heard anyone overdub any of his movies and re-release them on Netflix or Hulu or iTunes, changing all the N-words to less hurtful words, because that's what they did to Mark Twain, even though his shit came out in 1885. Let's not forget that a lot of prominent black actors appear in Quentin Tarantino's films. We also have a lot of prominent white liberal actors that appear in his films and use the N-word simply because because they're just reading a word that's on the page of the script. And that makes it okay. If you're a liberal white actor that thinks it's not okay to use that word, you shouldn't take the fucking gig if that's what's on the page. It ain't the coffee in my kitchen. It's the dead nigger in my garage. Oh, Jimmy, don't even worry about it. Well, no, 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 Jimmy, you know I ain't seen no shit. Did you notice a sign in the front of my house that said dead nigger storage? No, I didn't. You know why you didn't see that sign? Because it ain't there, because storing dead niggers ain't my fucking business, that's why. I did a little research on Quentin Tarantino's usage of the N-word in his films, and oddly enough, one of the first results that came up was an article about how many times the N-word is used in a couple of his films, and this article was on Medium.com by Lena Potts, and she was talking about how offensive it is, and that just because it's for the creation of authentic characters and historical context, it's unnecessary. Granted, she also defended other films that use the word less gratuitously and in her mind for more educational purposes. Now, I want to be fair. I'm not trying to throw Lena Potts under the bus. After reading the article a little deeper, it's clear that she is a black woman and her biggest complaint was not that he used the word, but just how often he used the word. For example, she pointed out that the N-word appears more than 65 times in The Hateful Eight. I'm going to be honest, love that film, now available in 
a four-part film on Netflix, which after doing some of this research, I just went and watched again and loved it again. But the N-word was also used over a hundred times in Django Unchained, starring Jamie Foxx and Leonardo DiCaprio, who the latter being the one who probably slang the most N-words. But while I'm defending Lena Potts a little bit, I do want to point out that the N-word spelled out, not called the N-word, was used 13 times in her post, a post about the excessive use of the N-word. What? 13 times seems excessive in one article. She chose times to use it. She chose times to simply type N-word. She really wanted to prove her point. She should have just said N-word every single time. So a little bit of hypocrisy there. Although I do think her article had a decent perspective, not trying to shame her. I'm just pointing out little basic nitpicky facts that point to the hypocrisy of our society. Trust me, I'm sure I'm a hypocrite from time to time. None of us are immune. So not backing the bus over Lena Potts. Just wanted to point that out. So finally, all this leads us to the idea of drumroll, please. I can say it, but you can't. This is the dumbest ideology ever. If black people find the word so utterly offensive and harmful, they should never fucking use it. In fact, black rappers and comedians are probably way more guilty of using the N-word than racist Southerners in America. And these black artists, whether they be comedians or rappers or singers or whatever, they're profiting off of making the word casual, fun, cool for the listeners. And guess what? Your listener can be of any ethnicity. Do you only want black people buying your shit? Because guess what? You're not going to make as much money. So if a 17-year-old white girl is listening to Snoop Dogg or Tupac or 50 Cent or B.I.G., buying their music, buying their merch, being a huge fan and supporter, is she supposed to edit herself when she sings along with the songs when that n-word appears or is she allowed to say the word in context of the song in context of the art trust me the first time i heard gnr's appetite for destruction many of the words on that i wasn't allowed to say because i was still pretty young and there's a lot of cuss words on there no of course it wasn't the n-word but again it was forbidden words but this is very similar to my last band because we did songs like regulate by warren g and nate dog that has the n-word in it and i'm gonna be honest when we performed this hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times live I did not edit the word I said it the way it was written because to me it's art it's more offensive for me to not use the word than to use the word I didn't write it I'm just doing the song the way this artist wrote it if a song has the word bitch or shit or fucking it yeah those can be offensive to some people but I'm not going to edit that out so why should I edit out the n-word another problem is that society has accepted the fact that a black person being called the n-word by a white person, that black person is entitled to commit violence on that white person, despite the fact that that word is not an act of violence or instigation. Yeah, it is instigation to an extent, but it's not like throwing the first blows. But what if a black guy got in my face and was repeatedly yelling at me, calling me a bitch, a little bitch, a punk bitch, for reasons that I didn't think were justifiable? Guess what? I'm going to be highly offended. Doesn't matter what the word is, it's all about the intent. However, if I start to beat the shit out of that black guy and he dies as a result, I guarantee you I will be imprisoned and labeled as a racist in the liberal media. Granted, this isn't true on the flip side. Double standards. Here we go again. Don't believe me? Here's an example. In 2021, not that long ago, a 77-year-old white man got upset with a 27-year-old black Dunkin' Donuts employee and started calling him the N-word repeatedly. Sure, he was yelling it and doing it in a way that was very 
offensive and very aggressive. And no, this is not okay. However, they were just words and, you know, let's face it, he's 77. Harboring some form of racism is almost to be expected with the history of the word in our country and as old as he is. But the employee ended up punching the 77-year-old white man who fell, hit his head on the floor, and died three days later from his injuries. The employee was subsequently arrested for manslaughter, but he was only sentenced to two years of house arrest. What? When a spokesperson for the state attorney explained the lenient sentencing, he said that it was because finger quotes, the victim repeatedly used possibly the most aggressive and offensive term in the English language. But let's go back to words, people. When it comes to words, the nature of offensive or aggressive, those aren't defined by the word itself, but the intent and the usage of the speaker. Like I said, a black guy up in my face yelling at me that I'm a little bitch over and over is equally as offensive as this 77-year-old man aggressively calling this 27-year-old Dunkin' Donuts employee the N-word repeatedly. It's all about intent, but it all goes back to the idea that I can say it, but you can't, because if a black man was yelling the N-word at this 27-year-old Dunkin' Donuts employee, he might still have gotten punched, but it wouldn't have been as offensive to the employee, the young black man. But here's the thing, you can't have it fucking both ways. You can't want to use the word all the time to profit off of it. You can't use the word just casually with your black friends, but then to everyone else, oh my god, now I get to shoot you and no one's going to do anything about it. Speaking of shooting, that would be like saying that no one is allowed to own or use a gun because doing so would imply that that person is a homicidal maniac. However, while saying that, you also own and regularly use a gun, but that's okay because you know it's not being used for homicidal purposes. Either shit is okay or it isn't. As you've noticed, I've gone out of my way tonight to make sure that I say the N-word and not the actual N-word. I used it once when quoting the title of a Wikipedia page that used the word over a hundred times, but I am all on board with let's just get rid of this word from our vernacular altogether. I am not the one propagating this word. Black people are the ones propagating this word. Not only that, profiting off of it. That's a double standard, which you know how I feel about double standards. And that is a A and B black and white, one and zero binary fucking approach to that word. All right, I'll stop talking about that. I just, you know, before we wrap up, I want to remind everyone, here in America, we are considered the melting pot. And that's just a bunch of different people from a bunch of different perspectives and ethnicities and religions and countries coming together to all be Americans, to all be equal. And yes, I know, equality doesn't really exist the way we would like it to, but also understand if you are someone who is fighting for equality, you gotta know what that means. Equality does not mean that you want or even expect privileges or exceptions from your fellow citizens based solely on your skin color or your religion or your political preference. Equality means if I can do it, you can do it. If I can say it, you can say it. The fact is, we're all very different in many ways. We have different backgrounds, ideas, upbringings, goals. We should embrace that by continuing to be a part of this divisive black and white directive that's being applied to us by government, media, and businesses. We're only digging the hole deeper until we get to a point where it's impossible to get out of the hole. And don't expect anyone to throw you a rope for help because compromise and cooperation don't exist anymore. It's a shame. All right, I'll step down off my soapbox. I hope everybody had a very happy and safe new year. I hope Damar Hamlin is doing well by the time I release this episode, and I look forward to continuing to release funny and insightful podcast episodes throughout the brand new year of 2023. Don't forget you can follow me on social media, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Jeff Becomes Jeff. Until next time, I'm Jeff. You're not Jeff, I'm Jeff, you son of a bitch. One way or another, I'm gonna lose ya. I'm gonna take it, take it, take it, take it. Good night.
to the devil and I prayed And I showed him the mess that I've made And I cried and I cried and I cried a million times over But the devil just laughed in my face I went to the God of fire I said, can you turn the heat a little higher? Cause I've been burned and I've been burned a million times over But he just covered me with water So I went to the Lord of the sea I said, won't you come wash over me? Cause the roads and the woods have been winding a million times over But she receded from zombies out there. Don't say that. What? That. What? That. The dead word. Don't say it. Why not? Because it's ridiculous. All right. Are there any out there, though? Can't see any. <laughs> 